you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Explained is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Is it me or do the weeks just kind of like fly by? It's like a blur. We were just here just in here. the studio doing just one here. of these. It's flying by, but you know what? That's the NFL season, yams. It is the NFL <laughs> season. And this is NFL Explained. Man, look, the NFL season, when you're going through it, it feels fast, but each day feels slow. You feel what I'm saying? Even now, as you're not a player, you're yes. not recovering like Absolutely. the body blows. It still does. Yams, do you know the, how much film I look at a week? I look at every single game yeah. at least three times. At least three. You know who you should be hanging out with on a who regular basis? Kyler. Kyler Murray? Yeah. Playing video. I don't play Call of Duty. That's coming out this week. The new one's coming out. Um, I'm actually now <laughs> worried because this NFL Explained episode is all about quarterback controversies. And I'm just now wondering, like, did I just set the table in like the worst way absolutely possible for no, this episode? No, You led me there. I'm blaming you. <laughs> Today's episode of NFL Explained is all about quarterback controversies. We actually got the question from a listener who hit me up on social media and we decided to make it a whole episode. And it's kind of crazy to me, Emra, because I think about some of these controversies. You have dudes, established starters, stars in the league who all of a sudden lose their jobs because of maybe age, where they are in their career, or the NFL is a business. Sometimes it's just a dude that they drafted in the first round, and you got to find out if he can play or not. Absolutely. Look, I think when I first got to Seattle, my San Francisco days were a little bit different just because Alex Smith was a high draft pick the year before I got there. Everybody in the building knew this was Alex Smith's job. So it really wasn't any controversy there. It was more controversy about the head coach and Mike Nolan, uh, Coach Singletary, things like that. But when I got to Seattle, Matt Hasselbeck was there. Matt Hasselbeck had went to a Super Bowl in 2005. I got to Seattle in 2010 after training camp. And there wasn't that much of a controversy, but it was that storyline like, has, is Matt washed? Can he still lead a young team? Pete Carroll and John Snyder, they had like 225 business interactions and acquired players and let players go just during training camp. Like it was something crazy, something crazy number like that. And so... That was really the only controversy when I first got there. Obviously, everybody knows we had Tavares Jackson after that, and then Matt Flynn. 
the Matt Flynn thing is that's what, really interesting. That's the controversy yeah. that came because we got Matt Flynn. He signed a twenty six million dollar deal, and it's crazy. And man. actually, I'm not to cut you off here, but I think some of our listeners might not even be familiar with the name Matt Flynn. This is a dude who got a big contract after yes. just a couple games. Yeah, so I think success. he signed like twenty or twenty five million dollar deal with Seattle. He backed up Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and yeah, he was the big money guy that was supposed to be the franchise quarterback for our Seahawks. And really, when you look at his play. He benefited from being in a great situation, and he became a free agent at the right time. So we get Matt Flynn in there, and I remember during the draft that year, it was 2012, and I get a call from the general manager. I was a team captain for the Seattle Seahawks. I get a call from John Snyder, and John says, yo, we got this dude from VA. He's a quarterback. I had already heard of him because obviously I'm from Richmond, yeah. Virginia. Russell played at Collegiate, a private school in Richmond, Virginia. Even though with me and Russell Wilson, we, when we talk, we argue about public and private school. I went to a public school, he went to a private school. And I'm like, dude, you would have never won a state championship <laughs> if you was playing in the public leagues. But that's, I, I digress a little bit. But I remember John Snyder calling me and saying, bro, we're going to take this kid in the third round. And I believe he can be our starter. And you got to think, Yams, like, I'm a team captain. Yeah. So I'm like, bro, but you just brought in a quarterback, and I'm thinking we're going to run the offense through the run game, this, that, and the third. Russell a little bit more dynamic. What, what are you saying? And he's short. Like, it was a lot of questions I had. But I trusted uh, John. John was like, yo, this dude can play. Trust me. Goes out, wins the starting job, loses the first game of the season at Arizona Cardinals. And that bus ride, I know our listener, you know, was basically interested in how the locker room deals with this stuff. Yams. When I tell you that bus ride, I mean, that uh, plane trip after we lost to the Arizona Cardinals was something entertaining. That's just a good word I'm using. But uh, every guy, especially defensively, because we had a championship defense already, was like, why in the hell are we playing this rookie? And it almost fractured us yeah. to a degree. And to Russell's and Matt Flynn, for that matter, to both of those guys' credit, Russell fought back. He heard the whispers. He could hear whatever. He fought back and got into the form that we saw when we, we won our Super Bowl. And then Matt Flynn was supporting him the entire time. Okay. I do think it's important to set the stage and discuss a couple different quarterback controversies. Some more recent this season, some from way back in the day before I was even born. But <laughs> we just got to set the table here. One that everyone sort of knows just because it's in the news, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett. Mm -hmm. We've seen that one play on. That thing's just kind of interesting because of concussions and injuries and the whole thing and swapping guys in and out. But we can go all the way back to 1949. I mean, the Rams had two quarterbacks in Norm Van Brock and Bob Waterfield. The Rams actually drafted Van Brocklin in 1949. And during his rookie season, he started zero games. Waterfield, he was the starting quarterback. The following year, though, from what? 1950 to 1952, the Rams actually alternated Waterfield and Van Brocklin as the starting quarterback. Waterfield started 22 games, Van Brocklin 14 games over those three seasons. Even with the rotation, the Rams won the NFL championship that wow. year beating Cleveland in 1951. Waterfield ended up retiring in 52. Van Brocklin became the full-time starter. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. And I think proving the old adage incorrect. If you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't have any. <laughs> Isn't that what people say? Yes, it is. It. I didn't know this story. Yeah. To see... The platoon system at the quarterback position go way back there. See, I, I get into this crazy argument. Not really an argument. I call it heated fellowship. 
okay. with Bucky Brooks. I love Bucky. Oh, Bucky's the best. He is a great talent evaluator. Yeah. And him and I, I talked to him about three years ago about this phenomenon that I'm seeing at the quarterback position. And when the, the fact that the salaries are ballooning so much or whatever, and it's not like guys are getting paid off a skill set, they're just getting paid because they're the next guy up. Right. Which is a little different. Every other position, like, you know, Sarah Donald, a lot of people ain't gonna make more than Aaron Donald. That's the left tackle. A lot of people ain't gonna make more than Trent Williams because yeah. he is clearly the best in the in the National Football League. Quarterback is a little bit different. And I said that as the salaries balloon, I can see a general manager saying, "Why, well, Lamar Jackson, for instance, i.e., since he's not paid yet, yeah, cool. I'm gonna pay that whole room fifty million dollars a season. You're gonna get forty of it, but because of the way you play." I need this offense to continue to roll if you get hurt. Yeah. Lamar Lamar ain't signed enough for that. Tyler Huntley Lamar would not sign not up, for that. up for that. <laughs> but if you're getting $40 million guaranteed, you know what I mean? Uh, a season. I mean, why not? I mean, it's a little uh, bit more on the general manager, some finances, but I just think it's coming. The league is too physical. Yeah. These quarterbacks are running around now. We're seeing what's happening to them. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back to the NFL Explained podcast. So the controversies, they are going to continue probably forever. Yes. If there's, and because it's not just quarterbacks, like there's position battles every single year at different camps. There's one team that consistently comes up. And now I give them credit because they consistently have a dude at the quarterback mm-hmm. spot. But when that dude starts to get a little tread wear on those tires, like all of a sudden it's that next wave. And then that quarterback controversy kicks up. And I'm talking about the Green Bay Packers. I'll take you back to 1967. They had Bart Starr Ooh. as the starter. They drafted Don Horn 25th overall. They also had a dude that they drafted in Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers 24th overall in 2005. Drafted Jordan Love 26 mm. in 2020. Rodgers by the way, still a dude who's winning MVP awards. So kind of crazy here. But Horn was primarily Star's backup before he was traded to Denver. The Favre-Rogers controversy, that thing got heated back in 2008. Man, I remember this doing talk radio, and this was all the rage. Rodgers had been Favre's backup for a few seasons. Finally, it's like, yo, Brett's retiring. Dude, it's finally my time. Can I get out there and start slinging it? Favre unretires four months later and reports to camp. And think about that. Like, you are a legend, one of the all-time greats. You unretire. It's like, all right, like, I'm back. Like, what's the team going to do? It's kind of funky, right? Packers decide, (laughs) no, 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 it ain't that funky. We're going to go with Aaron instead Brett goes to the Jets. Do you remember that time? I do remember that. I played against Brett and the Jets. They came out to San Francisco, and I think they beat us in 2008. I wasn't too happy. I didn't have my best game special team-wise, but it's okay. I I digress. But to your point, it's hard to have these business divorces. Yeah. It's just tough, especially a guy who's been playing that great Hall of Famer. But I do think it's on the decision makers of the team to have the team first and think, hey, man, we got to make those tough decisions. Bill Belichick does it all the time with every position. It doesn't matter. I mean, he just let Tom Brady go not too long ago. You got to trust your talent evaluators yes. in a big way and your coaches who are watching these dudes every single day in practice. Because keep in mind here, when Favre was that team's quarterback, 13-3 and record in that final season, NFC Championship appearance in 2007. So they're like knocking on the door mm-hmm. to get into a Super Bowl. Just for some context here, Favre, 2008, only played to 2010 in those two seasons. Now it's a different roster, right? Because it's the Jets, the whole thing. The win-loss record was 26-19. and Rodgers still playing. He's got 142 wins. Like, you understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking back, hindsight's 2020, But you understand, like, that was a great move from a Green Bay perspective. Here's where it gets a little interesting. And I think there's some correlation between present day. When Rodgers got drafted, Favre said, quote, My contract doesn't say I have to get Aaron Rodgers ready to play. (laughs) Now, hopefully he watches me and gets something from that. Reminds me of another rookie veteran comment that we heard this past offseason. Like, Willis gets drafted Mm -hmm. by Tennessee. Tannehill says something kind of similar to it. What do you make of that mentality? Aaron Rodgers said something kind of similar about Jordan Love Love a few years ago. So um, I get it. It is not on the starter to teach a guy how to take his job. That is not the responsibility of the starting player. Hell, I was the only fullback in Seattle for a number of years, but yet every year people don't realize they drafted and brought guys in. I had to win the job every single year. So, I mean, I think that's the right mentality. I think it's on the person competing for the job. It's on the backup quarterback to watch, see what's going on, understand what this guy in front of you is doing right and wrong, and figure out your own path to being a starter. How hard is it 
It, football is a little different. Not to mm-hmm. make this an NBA thing as the start of NBA season, and maybe that's I'm, I'm sort of thinking about some conversations <laughs> that I've basketball. had. I do, I do watch hoops. <laughs> um, I used to work with Kenny Smith, who's okay. he played for the Houston Rockets, famous He's TV awesome. commentator for our international audience who maybe is not as familiar. He and Sam Cassell were both playing for the Rockets at the time. And I remember doing a show with him and he's like, man, Mike, it was so hard for me because you want him and the team to do well. But when I'm not the dude out there playing, it hurts. Mm -hmm. You just said, hey, like, I'm a fullback. Team keeps bringing dudes in. I got to compete. You also, like, I know you. You're Mm -hmm. you're a really nice guy. Like, you don't want to be a, a you-know-what to someone. Like, but there's that competitiveness. How do you balance that? Well, um... You just have a little integrity about yourself. Like for me, and, and this is what I mean by that, Mike. Like every fullback that would walk into the running back meeting room, I would introduce myself. Hey, look, I'm here for you. Be a sponge. I'm not going to s- take you after practice and show you what's going on. But if you ask, I'm never going to turn you away. Yeah. But this is a business. I got four children. I got bills. You ain't taking my job. And I would look them in their eyes and yeah. just say that. And I could see their response. My last year there, I, I, had, I had got sick or whatever, but my last year there, there was a runner there who ended up playing tailback in Kansas City for a while. I forget his name off the top of my head, but I said that to him, and he said, all right, I bet I'll take your job. That's when I knew, well, this kid's probably, I'm probably just going to be my last season. That was part of it because I knew Okay, yeah, this kid is willing to do the fight. And I had already got to a point where I won't try to fight no more. Yeah. I had mentally, I had said goodbye. It's not on the starter to teach, but to me, what the starter gives to the team is that ability to be a model for that person. Do you, do you, this is a broad sweeping generalization and it's not necessarily quarterback specific, even though this is a quarterback episode, but I think it still applies. Do you rather have the kumbaya? kind of vibe in the locker room where everyone's kind of getting along or have some of those dogs that are like, you know what? Screw you. You're my teammate. I'm getting you though. It's crazy. Yams. That is such a, we could spend a whole episode on that. I I do some consulting with some universities. I help head coaches. I'll do some life coaching and stuff, even some coordinators and coaches in the national football league. And I'm always having this conversation, especially with team builders about just that you need a level of, attitude or I don't know that that harshness on the let let me give you an example that way you can understand what I'm saying when I played for Seattle our defense was a championship defense in 2011 we didn't win the Super Bowl till 2013 so our defense played two and a half years of championship ball before the offense caught up right so practice Pete had to do a great job of regulating practice because if not the offense and the quarterback won't have any confidence to go out there on Sunday, right? We would have the biggest fights, and not fist fights, but y'all ain't scoring. They would tell us we're not scoring. Me and Beast Mode offense, we're saying, bro, we're going to run this thing right That There was this competitive juice there. It was, you know, sometimes things got going yeah. or whatever, but you need that because at the end of the day, that is the vibration, that is the situation, that is the environment on game day. And great coaches simulate game days at practice. So you need these types of players on your team to kind of, for lack of better words, mix some things up. Yeah. You know, I think about being in the Bay Area 
this offseason mm-hmm. before the year started. Fred Warner, linebacker for the Niners, Brandon Ayuk, oh, wide yep. receiver. I know where you're going. Like, those dudes got into it. Mm-hmm. And it was the chirping on the field for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it was more than chirping. Like, yeah. dudes were in each other's faces. And from a media perspective, like, I think the ones who've covered the league for a long time, they go, all right, whatever. You know, like, Brandon actually came out to our set after. I asked him, he's mm-hmm. like, nah, we're cool. Like, you know, he said some stuff. Because he understands the back. competitive nature yeah. of it. And he understands, like, that's going to get the best out of me. There's no different in when you hear all the stories of when Tom Brady was with New England, the first time you go to a team meeting, sure. the first thing Bill Belichick does is call out the GOAT. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? He's trying to get the best version of himself. I'm glad you bring up Tom Brady because he is going to come up in this episode. <laughs> and I know we already talked about the Green Bay Packers and some of their quarterback issues, but there's one quarterback controversy, M. Rob, that might be the most famous quarterback it controversy is. in the history of the NFL. We will tell you what that is next on NFL Explained. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the NFL Explained Podcast. 
Mike Hamm, Michael Robinson with you. This episode is all about quarterback controversies. We're doing this episode because one of our listeners actually slid into my DM and had a question. We got our mailbag episode right around the corner. I continue to compile some of these questions. I promise if you're sending them in, <laughs> I'll hit you back and make sure we get to it. Yeah, and get in Yam's DM, yeah, not this, mine. I always have a funny <laughs> message when I screenshot it and send it on our group text. <laughs> All right, another team who had a ton of quarterback controversies besides the Green Bay Packers. And I, I teased it. And I said, this might be the most famous quarterback controversy of all time. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Oh. Joe Montana, Steve Young. I mean, Montana, are you kidding me? Like that, the, the dude, like the GOAT. The, he's the GOAT before TB12, right? Yes, I mean, that's probably the best way yes. of describing it. Uh, Niners get Steve Young. Joe Montana missed eight games the previous season. I, I'm taking people back to 1987. So just to reset, it's 87. Niners get Steve and Joe Montana had missed eight games that previous year. So like, all right, we might need a little insurance here. Montana talking to Sports Illustrated in 1988 and back in the day. Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated, man, like that was that was the jam. Like you got the magazine every yes. single week. I still get the magazine to my house. Is that still a thing? Yes. I didn't even know that was still my a son th- signed up for it. I got a night show. He signed up for it to get some other free magazines. I said, make it. Yes, we want Sports Illustrated. I still read the articles, Mike. I wow. love it. I'm a reader, man. I love that. Well, that's pretty cool that you were supportive of your son signing you up and your family. Of course. A ton of spam that heads to you. <laughs> I get a lot of those advertisements. So I'm glad you're at least getting some some sports and a fix for your kids. But Montana, back in 1988, was talking to Sports Illustrated. And, you know, he was asked about the competition. This is what he had to say. We're friends, Steve and I. But on the practice field, if he doesn't hate me as much as I hate him, there's something wrong. Ooh, strong words. Yeah. Hate is a strong word. But I get the energy he's coming from. He's yeah. like, dude, this is my livelihood. I want to be the greatest. And, yeah, you're going to have to take my job. You're going to have to have a level of hate for me to take it. I think it's a good mentality to have, especially when you're competing at the highest levels of the sport. Yeah, that's like some lotto big energy type of <laughs> type of vibe there. Like, you ain't taking my job. All right, during his four, first four seasons in San Francisco, Young only started 10 games, but he played in 35. I as, did not know that. Which is why I didn't know that either until I got our notes. Played in 35. Bill Walsh actually tried to share that quarterback spot between those two guys. Montana missed the entire 1991 season with an elbow injury. So here we go. Here's your opportunity, Steve. you got to make the most of it. And guess what? He did because Montana never got that starting job back. Young proved that he could do it. Montana, he gets traded to Kansas City. You know, like dudes get traded and you think about them in one uniform. Yes. And then you see them in another one. At least the color scheme is like kind of close. close. It was close. But it's still weird to think of him as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. It is. And didn't he have Marcus Allen yeah. on that team yeah. too? That was Great weird call. to see Marcus Allen in a Chiefs uniform. But I mean, didn't I think he did. Joe Montana did get Kansas City to a playoff game. Man, I don't know what's going on in between your ears, but your dome has got some <laughs> gems. You're right. Like they did get to the postseason. I think back to his time, though, in San Francisco. I mean, you talk about Super Bowls considered, like I said, he was Tom Brady before Tom Brady for a younger generation who might not be aware. How does a franchise just say, hey, you are the dude. You are the GOAT. Goodbye. Um, Again, I think the decision makers have to have an allegiance and a, I don't know, like a promise to doing the right thing for the organization. And there's no one player bigger than the organization. And that includes the quarterback, no matter how much success that you have had with him. Now, when you look at even in the Tom Brady situation with Drew Bledsoe, I think when an injury comes 
and gives the backup an opportunity sure. to come show what he can do. That's the that's the opening. Now it's on the Steve Young. Now it's on the Matt Castle when Brady got hurt. Now it's on the, the backups to show the team you need to make a difficult decision. I think it's a little bit easier in those situations, but in Joe Montana's situation particularly, you got to understand, he, he was dealing with Bill Walsh early in his career. Yeah. They had a West Coast system that now almost every offense in all of football has principles from it, okay? And so we got to understand the time in history when this quarterback change was happening. New offense was hitting the field and winning. So I think the organization, whether it's a new coach or whatever, the organization can look at this situation and say, well, I think we can make the quarterback change because we have a cutting-edge system that can accentuate the qualities that a Steve Young had. As M-Rob just dropped the West Coast offense, I, if you're just joining NFL Explained and this is the first episode that you're listening to, I do encourage you to go back because we actually have talked about yes. the evolution of offenses in this season of NFL Explained. The Niners, though, it wasn't just that controversy because there's a present day one. And by the way, this is my favorite quarterback controversy of all time. Really? It will always have a close place in my heart. It's Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance because without the Niners moving up in the draft to go third overall, and Rob, I might not be sitting next to you right now. What that actually it? gave me some opportunities at really? NFL Network. Happened to be in the Bay Area. <laughs> we could talk about that off air. But this one to me is still unfolding and playing out. And it does feel like a little bit like a movie. The yes. fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is now starting for the San Francisco 49ers, given the injury to Trey Lance, the fact that he's even on this roster is mind-boggling to most people. It is mind-boggling, and it goes against uh, some of the capitalistic um, ideas in our society, because it's always more, 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 more. Jimmy took a pay cut to stay on this team. Yeah. A substantial pay cut. Like, this wasn't no just, oh, I'm making 500000 now, I'm making four hundred. No, he made he took a couple millions off of his salary and he stayed and I think every time I talk to young quarterbacks uh, you know in, in lower levels of football I'm always telling them look at what Jimmy Garoppolo did if you just kind of sit and understand your situation if you if you're patient with yourself and believe in yourself opportunities seem to to come to you. All Jimmy did was be himself. Yeah. He didn't complain through the offseason as he was throwing on the side and wasn't even really allowed to be with the team. He didn't complain. He just said, you know what, I'll, I'll be okay at some point. And what happened was, Trey Lance got hurt, opportunity came up, and now he's in a position where he can kind of, I don't know, provide a new spin on this part of his career, especially if he can get the San Francisco 49ers over the hump. You know, it's wild because it does remind me of the conversations which we weren't privy to, but Jimmy and Trey have talked publicly about mm -hmm. their dynamic. The more people you talk to in that San Francisco 49ers organization, the more they'll tell you Jimmy is like the greatest dude ever. And that working relationship was good. And it reminds me of what you said a few minutes ago here on the podcast about having that line drawn, like willing to help and be that sponge. But at the same time, like it's it is a business. And and, and, and I think yeah. Jimmy understands this yeah. business. Jimmy knew that they would they talked to Jimmy. Hey man, we finna go up and get this quarterback. You yeah. know, this is you ain't been that healthy every single year. So this is what we're doing. And again, understanding the business of it. Sometimes I think players we get we take business personal yeah. and what ends up happening is that gets us in our feelings and then it leaves a sour taste in our mouth. If you take business the way it is, you'll be fine. Hard not to take it personal, though, because the amount of time yes. that you invest in it to be great and to have success. 
There's some other quarterback controversies. Okay. A, a couple for the old heads out there, Steelers, and maybe some of the younger ones are like, I know who Terry Bradshaw is. I watch Fox on Sundays. <laughs> you kidding me? Bradshaw was the starter. They drafted Mark Malone 28th overall in 1980. The Chiefs, Alex Smith. Dude, talk about that, dude. Resiliency, my lord. Uh, let's not forget, they drafted Patrick Mahomes 10th overall in 2017. Uh, the Cardinals, Kurt Warner, he was drafted. It's my guy, Matt Liner. Matt Liner. Yeah, 10th overall in 2006. How about this one? Eli Manning for the Giants, the starter. They drafted Daniel Jones 6th overall in 2019. I, I still, they, wow. I know, They Matt. messed him up. They did, they did Eli wrong. Yeah. I, I just think they messed that up. They could have They could have been a little bit more respectful to Eli. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Eli wasn't playing the best of football. But to pull him when that team just won't good anyway for Geno and then say, oh, I messed up. Let me put him back in. I mean, I just think that was that was messed up. The dude had 210 consecutive <laughs> starts. I mean, that was... That's like a big deal. That's a huge deal. Huge in this league. And you're right. Like in 2017, Eli wasn't playing his best no. football. Like it is what it is. Gino gets thrown in, ends the consecutive starting streak. Ben McAdoo, by the way, who was the coach at the time, yes. obviously no longer the head coach, realized, hey, like that's my bad. Is that <laughs> like a gimmick though inside the locker room to do something like that? Um, I think guys understand that, especially if you're not playing well, something has to be done to provide a spark. It get you know I've been on some losing teams, and it gets to a point in the season where you can see that the head guy is under a little bit of a you know he's getting a little bit of pressure. Yeah. We see press conferences, we see our coaches, we see what they say, we see everything, we see we take the message that they say in the media, and we compare it to the message that they said to us in the team media, and we say, is this some BS? Let me see what this dude is really about. So yeah. We're looking at that type of stuff, but um, when you're losing the way the New York Giants were losing yeah. back then, I think they needed a little bit of a spark. I'm just not so sure Gino, even though Gino's balling right now, back then I'm not so sure that Gino was the right spark. I'm with you because being a New York Giants fan, there's that sentimental aspect of it, which mm -hmm. I think was really hard for that Giants community to, to swallow. I think the fans still wanted to see Eli out there, even in some of those struggles. You know what? Yeah. Two yams. Uh, Alex Smith was in another quarterback controversy with Colin Kaepernick. He was a second round, oh, was second or third round pick. Yeah. I forget, but there was a chance. I mean, Alex was playing in uh, NFC championships and yeah. things like that. Coach Harbaugh was like, "Oh no, man, I want this running guy out there," and they still were successful and got to a Super Bowl. Yeah, Alex Smith's story is is really incredible. We should dedicate an episode just to <laughs> He's you know, dope, coming man. off of injury and and figuring out the way that and he picks up the phone when I call him. Still, oh, that's a win. Still, we can we get him on the pod? <laughs> can we do that? Still. I'm a call. Let's I'm a put do that. In a call, yeah. Yeah. Let's. When you do that, please let's let's Facetime. Uh, <laughs> let's let's just say what's up in person. Uh, the Giants, by the way, that wasn't the only quarterback controversy they had. I was a little young for this, but I do remember my grandfather talking to me and having those car rides, talking about Phil Sims, Jeff Hostetler, and Jeff who Hostetler. should be the dude. Let's take you back here. Sims, starting quarterback, Hostetler, the backup, when he was drafted in the third round, 1984, and he was Ooh. there until the 1990 season as a backup. Hostetler in. In that 90 campaign, he takes over as a starter. Sims has got a foot injury unexpectedly. And we'll use air quotes around that because I think if you say that to a Giants fan, like, no, hell no, man. We expected that. Giants, three <laughs> playoff wins, including a Super Bowl. Bill Parcells, head coach at the time, retired after that 90 campaign. So the new head coach is Ray Hanley to oversee mm. this quarterback controversy. Here you go, right? Like, I'm yeah. going to go out on a high. <laughs> you deal with this whole little deal. Hostetler started in 91 and 92. 
Sims was the backup. Hostetler signs with the Raiders in free agency. Sims gets the starting role back in 1993, retiring before a Pro Bowl wow. season. Not bad, right? Like, the dude still goes out on a high. Yeah, man. that's pretty, It's crazy because I remember Coach Paterno. I'm with the Penn State. Joe Paterno, the great coach there, telling me, I recruited Jeff Hostetler as a linebacker. <laughs> No wonder he didn't come here. <laughs> I said, Joe, you crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, we, we do know the answer to that one. Yeah. Uh, so Sometimes stuff like that happens uh, when you evaluate guys when, and you're trying to recruit them. Um, believe it or not, actually, multiple quarterback changes that have led to Super Bowl championship runs and the those quarterbacks actually taking over the job the following season. So I'll take you to 1971. I was okay. negative 10 at the time. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys in full-blown quarterback controversy. You got Craig Morton and Roger Staubach. Morton started games one, three, five, and seven. He's got like prime numbers what? all of a sudden. Staubach goes two, four, and six. They both threw passes in each of the first seven games. Like, what is going on wow. here? November 7th, my mom's birthday, 1971. Staubach took over as the Cowboys' full-time starting quarterback, finished the season undefeated before getting to the Super Bowl. Really? Like, that's wild. How come I didn't know this, man? I don't, that's because we're, that's, most fans don't. Like, that's we why we're super not born. Yeah, we were you know like, what I'm saying? I know. Shout out to my mom. I got her birthday in, into an episode. She's like, I don't even know if she's listening. I have to make sure she listens to this one. All right. Washington Commanders. How about this? Doug Williams takes over for a struggling Jay Schroeder in the team's final game, starting all three playoff games, leading to a Super Bowl victory. Williams' Super Bowl win led him to take over Washington's starting job in 88. Schroeder was then traded to the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Week 14 of the 2017 season. This one has... We know about this one. This one's wild. Carson Wentz, torn ACL, Nick Foles comes in. Foles leads the Eagles, playoff win and a Super Bowl win. Wentz comes back as Philadelphia starter the following year in 2018. Foles again has to replace him because Wentz goes down with injuries and they actually do get a victory in a playoff game. Foles is like, you know what? Like, I don't know if I like this whole back and forth thing. Signs with the Jags and free agency. Wentz remained the Eagles starter and a couple teams later not having a ton of success. Yeah, uh, I actually think, and I know that Nick Foles went to go get some money. But I actually why not? think, yeah, I mean, why not? He played awesome. Uh, I actually think the Eagles was like, we got to get Nick Foles out of here so we can get the best version of Carson Wentz. I think in some situations, and I know I'm talking about Carson here, but I do think in some situations, the competition forces guys to make stuff up. Like yeah. every single big game I've been into, I've always had my coach say to the entire team, all right, guys, don't make stuff up. Just yeah. do what your coach to do. Because in big time situations, it's a human, it's a human thing to do to think, oh man, it's a bigger game, so I gotta be bigger than myself. No, just do the just do the ordinary things a little extra. And you usually get to your goals. Okay. There's one other controversy that we have to get to. I promised that we would get to T B twelve at okay. the start of the show. We're at the We're time here. where We're we here. can talk about TV 12 because there is a generation of NFL fans that are like, yeah, Tom Brady's the GOAT. I get it. He just wins all these Super Bowls. It, this wasn't the path that most people would have no. anticipated for him, especially if you know the backstory. So we got that for you. Brady and Drew Bledsoe, who, by the way, makes terrific wines in the state really? of Washington. Yeah, great cast. I know that. Talk about that on another episode. <laughs> uh, played for the Patriots. So I want to take you back 2001. 
Bledsoe's knocked out of the game against the Jets. Brady comes in, takes over our quarterback. Bledsoe suffered internal bleeding because of the hit. Never got a starting job back. The dude signed a 10-year, $103 million contract the year prior. Belichick goes, you know what? I'm going Brady. Over a healthy Bledsoe at the point of the AFC Championship game. Eventually, Tom takes him to a Super Bowl. This is what Bledsoe had to say. And I think as a football fan, as a human, Mm -hmm. Rob, we can appreciate these comments. I remember being excited for our guys, but at the same time, kind of internally disheartened. Like, man, I battled through a lot of stuff to get to this point, and now we've arrived here, and the other guy got to play. With that team, it was truly, truly bittersweet, and with Tom, it was bittersweet. Love the guy, but at the same time, that's my job. He's got, and he's leading my team. Mm. Oh, that stings. It does, but as a competitor, you understand the emotion. You get it. You understand why it was a notion out there that maybe Carson Wentz couldn't stand a guy right behind him that won that Super Bowl. And now you get to go into that stadium and see a statue of Nick Foles. And you're the franchise quarterback. You got the money, but you didn't get a Super Bowl MVP and you get to see a statue of the backup. I get it. It's a human thing to feel that way. But again, I've always been a role player most of my time in the National Football League. I was a star in college, but in, in the league, I was a role player. And I've always been able to find success when the team has had success. When the team has had success, all boats rise. Everybody's value is a little bit better. And so I've always stayed with the school of thought of do what I can to make the team better. At some point, my value will be looked at as opposed to the big hole. You get what I'm saying? And what my value did to help the team win. There's been a common theme on this podcast when you talk about an NFL franchise as a business and business decisions that are separate from the human element of all of this stuff. But I do think about giving a dude a 10-year, $103 million contract. In 2001, you don't give deals like that to guys who can't play or are marginal players. Drew Bledsoe was an absolute star who Mm -hmm. could thrive and play well, had a great college career at Washington State. I think to myself, how difficult was that? I mean, you kind of, look, you highlighted, right? Matt Mm Flynn got paid too. Like sometimes like that is the worst thing for a front office to have to make a decision like that. But you gotta, you know how we, you, you and I, we talk off camera all the time and I'm always about, don't live in the past. Yeah. You can't look too far in the future. You have to look at your team and the circumstances that are going on right now. And when you look at the Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe and Bill Belichick situation, that's all Coach Belichick was doing. Yes, the analytics say and the numbers say Drew Bledsoe should be the starter. Yeah. He's the better player. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady, which your eyes were seeing, what Bill Belichick's eyes were seeing, was that Tom Brady was a better fit for this team. Well, I'm actually glad that you bring up Bledsoe because and Brady. This is not the only quarterback controversy that's out there. And I know, look, it's a heavy topic. There's some other ones. Drew Brees certainly comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers, like those are two real dudes yes. who are on the short list of the great quarterbacks over the last 15, 20, 30 years. I promise if you got another question about some of those, we got you covered. Just slide into my <laughs> DMs, man. Maybe we'll squeeze in a little bit more on quarterback controversies on another episode. Always appreciate you guys listening. Follow us on social media at Real Mike Rob at Mike underscore Yam. That's quarterback controversies explained. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.